I was like, uh, yeah, making my resume post band and like going through my list of things that I can do. Well, I can can bend a mic stand. (laughs) And I'm capable of drinking whiskey like it's water. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't really translate into the to the working world. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 206 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards! <laughs> yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. <laughs> and my advice this week is to huh. watch out because this episode is filled with drunks, lovers, saints, and sinners. But I'll let you decide who is who. That was like a 44 caliber love letter straight to my heart, that was. <laughs> oh, I joined in. I hate that. I'm sorry about that. This week's guests are Wade and George from the mighty, mighty Alexis on fire. Yes, the only band that matters to a whole generation of emo, hardcore and punk rock kids. Truly one of our favourites and a major influence in expressing yourself. This whole band is full of really important songwriters and ever since the return from hiatus in 2015, they've shown a new lease of life, enjoying themselves, still being cryptic at times, but continuing to push the envelope on their new studio album, Otherness. And last week, we were invited to go and speak with best friends and vocal maniacs George Pettit and Wade McNeil in the flesh, in person, backstage at the final day of their UK tour in Southampton to talk a lot of serious and silly secrets about Alexis' legacy, their current era, and fighting for everything. It's crazy how much of a cult following Alexis have had over the years. Cult? Oh, yeah, yeah, very much, yeah. Um, yeah, massive fans of Alexis on Fire. This was a fantastic chat. Thank you very much to Wade and George for giving us your time and also inviting us down because they weren't doing any press on this tour, which was cool. Uh, well, cool for us because we got invited down after they <laughs> found out that we were wanted to talk to them again. So, um, yeah, thank you very much to Wade and George and their team for looking after us. Again, big band mentality. We turned up. They let us in. 
we literally could have wandered anywhere we wanted. We probably could have sound checked if we wanted on the stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were absolutely fucking delightful to us and so accommodating. And this was a funny, brilliant, super insightful chat where we go through everything from music to life to jobs to firefighting. Um, and yeah, it's, it was just an awesome, awesome chat with two lovely, lovely humans who I respect and look up to very, very much. Yes, yeah, so you could call this an exclusive in many ways because Wade did push <laughs> for this to happen. And obviously, he's a previous guest of the podcast in episode 150. So it's nice to get to talk to him in the flesh and meet George as well. But in this conversation, we're going to talk about everything from the connection with international audiences to some really old tour stories of them fighting people, getting beaten up, being banned from malls, the legacy now in 2022, and a number of fake rumors they've started about themselves in the past. <laughs> so it's all going on in this episode. And just a reminder, if you enjoy what me and Sean do, please go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. The best way to support this podcast and keep it going each and every week and you get included in a wonderful community of people that will become your new best friends within seconds. But without any further ado, this is George and Wade of Alexis on Fire on episode 206 of Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! I fucking love Canadians. Has there ever been a bad Canadian? I don't think there have. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! 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 Sapnin, George. Hi, guys. <laughs> yes! Hi, we this week's guests are Wade and George from the amazing Alexis on Fire. How are you guys? We're flying pretty high off uh, 
our Brixton show last night. Uh, I think not only, you know, the best show we've probably played on maybe since we put the record out, Ooh. but like it's up, it was up there yeah. with shows that we've played. It was really something special last night. Yeah, agreed. Like, yeah, nothing to just riding the wave of that for a little bit. I think like it was definitely the best of this tour, if not, you know, uh, the year. Um, and that was up there and that's no, there's, we've had no shortage of really incredible shows this year. And uh, it just felt something about it felt very special last night. I think that room is, uh, like Brixton Academy is just such a, it's like a club, but for 5,000 people, <laughs> you know, like it's, it doesn't, it's like the perfect in between, you know, yeah. stadium club vibe kind of thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. But yeah, because Brixton's been quite a, like a sentimental venue for you guys over the years as well. You've done live albums from there, played there quite a few times. When you go back to somewhere like that, does it quite f- feel a bit more special when you're entering the venue again? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just, I think, yeah, it's something about all the bands that have played there. And, you know, it's kind of got some ghosts <laughs> in that spot. And then, yeah, we've always, we've had nothing but incredible shows there over the years last night just added to the list nice you know there's something cush about the stage too because it's so massive i just feel like we just got a lot of space to move around <laughs> explore the area explore <laughs> yeah. with my artful dancing <laughs> yeah well we're backstage here at the uh, last date of your uk run of the european tour and here in southampton thanks for uh taking the time to do this so just how how has it been coming back over to this side of the pond and stuff again and just the difference of touring these days for you guys it feels great to be back doing i mean the last several times we've been here it's for like one-offs here and there festivals that sort of thing so doing a proper you know headlining tour feels very good um as far as like the complications of touring now um I don't know. I don't, it still feels, it feels the same from my end, I guess. I don't, I still think this still feels like tour. I guess there are things that are more expensive now and maybe on the back end of things, you know, like that's touring. But to me, tour is, is the same. It's like we have these beautiful, wonderful moments. And then we have these incredible, you know, like trying moments of tedium and like slow times. And then, great moments of like inspiration and these incredible concerts and stuff like that. But then, you know, you're also pushing through any number of ailments at any given moment, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's a different feeling being on tour, but th- this is all fe- felt very nostalgic for me. Um, Cause I don't feel like we've really, I mean, I guess, yeah, South America, like I think like we've done these little tiny kind of tours and this one feels lengthy for some reason. You know? Yeah, it's the longest run we've done. I think probably because we're just bouncing around North America. Um, so it's pretty easy for us to just like rip up to New York for a week, then come home and, and stuff like that. So that's what the touring has been for the last few months. We'll fly out to a festival. And um, and so, yeah, a lot of it's been in the States. And, uh, you know, as, as much as those shows were cool, um, there's always been a bit of a disconnect with Election on Fire in America. Um, that a lot of Canadian bands feel, I think, um, even though it's just an imaginary line, you know, the difference between our show in Vancouver and our show Mm. in Seattle is like 
fucking insane. Yeah. Um, What's the capacity and, difference as well? Then? I'd say you could divide the capacity of the. You could divide the the amount of tickets sold in Vancouver by one hundred, <laughs> and that's the amount of people at the Seattle show. Um, Seattle's still cool, but it's just like it's an incredibly us touring the states has always been very very different, and uh, and it feels like you know the crowds over here. You know, a lot of people were t- saying to me last night, like, this is the 16th time I've seen you guys or stuff like that. So, so I don't feel like we have that connection with, you know, the States. And it's certainly coming over here, too. I think we, the first time we came to the UK and the tour was fucking cool, you know, we kind of, it opened our eyes to, like, the world being a bigger place. And we, we kind of made, a, made more of a priority to start coming over here a lot more. And uh, it's grown and grown and grown over the years, and and it's it's always been so supportive of us. It's incredible. Yeah, it, it felt like hard work paid off. Whereas, like, I feel like in the states, like, we're you know, like there was this like hard push all the time, the grind of trying to keep the keep the you know the plates spinning, and then you know um so now we do tours there like they're good but they're like there's this like you know we're always there's always this hunt for the silver lining of it there's always this bit of like yeah but it it, but it wasn't quite and over here there's been none of that it's just been all like you show up there's a packed room full of people they all know all the songs they're going out of their minds like you know and and it's easier to get to that place of performance and then they're right there with you feeling the same thing You, you have the real connection with the crowd so it's been effortless in that regard, performance-wise. Do, do you remember your first UK shows? I remember the first tour. Do you do you remember where we started the tour? We started in Glasgow at King Tut's. Um, at probably King Tut's. Fuck. And uh, imagine I remember- that now. Imagine <laughs> you guys in King Tut's now. That'd be ridiculous. You probably couldn't fit your fucking crew in it. We no? came back and we played two nights at King Tut's one time. We did a, a King Tut's residency Oof. for two nights. Um, <laughs> it was uh, no disrespect. That place was great. They had make a nice soup and you'd have a, you know, you'd go and we drink I fast and go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what I remember mostly is is uh, us. We, we we land in we land in Glasgow. Our tour manager, this guy John Dawkins, picks us up from the airport. He's in the he's in the the cab with us, and he's like, "Listen, shut the fuck up around here, okay? You get beat up for nothing." Right? <laughs> you know? and we're just like a bunch of like you know teenagers from yeah. from can from like you know yay we. We're yeah, he was definitely playing a rock like, band. He definitely was like, I was wearing some fucking Dropkick Murphys type. <laughs> I I run a fucking Irish pub type hat, and he was straight up. He's like, he's like, people aren't gonna like that hat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So we roll up to the hotel. It's like seven in the morning or something like that. Our rooms aren't going to be ready till noon. The day before, there had there had been an orange march, which is like you know, and 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 uh, so the lobby was just filled with hooligans and like fucking scary guys, bulldogs tattooed on their face. And we're just like trying to be as small as possible (laughs) sitting in the corner of this terrifying little, you know, moment. Then we show up and we play the show. It was incredible. And we've, we've gone, you know, and, and then we, yeah, toured around, played these like small areas. We've always been really good at, at, um, we really cut our teeth in like makeshift shows the size of this room you know like that's we learned to play those really well so coming over to england and playing smaller club shows like i think it was an easy it was an easy it, it got kids excited anyway and uh and it i remember was, you passed out in manchester on that tour 
um, like the room was so hot. Mm. Um, and it was so small that like while George was, while George was screaming, like he just like literally like lost like over air and fucking like passed out on the stage. Uh, and then he kind of like, yeah. Start doing the chicken all the bit. Like, yeah. Woke back up. Got the Bambi legs, yeah. you know? What, um, yeah. What year was this? 2003, maybe? Oh, wow. 2002? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Three, probably. Three. Sounds about right. Do you remember anybody else on the tour at the time? Was Hondo McLean. Hondo McLean. Wow. It must have been that tour then. So it was that tour. A band I used to be in called When Reason Sleeps opened for you guys in Cardiff. Clubby for Bach, which I'm definitely Bach? not. Did yeah. I actually kind of pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. he's Welsh. Don't ask away. He's local. He's well, local. We say that. I did see the videos you put on Instagram a week ago when you were in <laughs> Wales trying to pronounce some Welsh words, and they were. Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't trying best. too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember that show, and I remember just being like, "This is fucking amazing," because like we were all fucking big fans of you guys before, and. So we were like, I can't believe we're playing this show. And then, obviously, Club of Bach, you've got to load all that gear up, those fucking <laughs> stairs up the back, which is awful. Mm-hmm. But I've, got, I've, yeah, I've literally got that poster. It, yeah, still in my old, like, fucking bedroom from when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, I'll have to nice. find a photo of it. But yeah. Yeah. With all that, like, do you remember a moment like of being really intimidated or worried or scared before a gig? Because with you've told us before with some gallows shows, things can get a little bit rough. But just being all over the world, is there any stories in particular where you just think, "Whoa, things might escalate"? I remember, I remember Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, um, having a particularly violent hardcore scene. And um, we would go and roll in there. And, and um, I think we, at the time, we were fairly chippy little guys on stage. And we would talk trash to the crowd and do all this stuff. And I remember we showing up to Salt Lake City and kind of like, you know, ribbing the crowd a little bit. And then someone coming off, coming off stage and someone being like, Hey, that was really like funny, but you guys like, Jesus Christ, I've seen bands get their fucking teeth knocked out for nothing here. And then I remember later that night, some guy getting pushed through a plate glass window or something like that. Like, like there, there just, uh, there was weird kind of hardcore violence and that, that, that always made me uncomfortable going there. Yeah. I mean, sir, when we, we started touring the States a lot when we were uh, first getting started and, you know, like I was booking the band and we were trying to just, you know meet people and book any sort of tours. The majority of the tours we started doing were like metal tours or hardcore tours. So yeah, there was a lot of that, uh, like hardcore gang shit happening at the time. Yeah. And, uh, I think we were pretty like, we don't have shit to do with hardcore or fucking, we have shit to do with (laughs) anything. Really? We're not a punk band, not a hardcore band. We're banned. I think we're (laughs) enthusiasts of those things to some degree, but like, yeah, no, as far as like getting caught up in any of the manifestos, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I've got no time, no time for that. Yeah. So I don't know if there's anything, but anything like really, really, really sketch, like, you know, you never played for a room full of skinheads accidentally. Where have we played with the skinheads, Mexican skinheads in uh, Portales, New Mexico? Yeah. That was it. Yelling at us to do screwdriver covers. Screwdriver. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was weird. Super weird. Yeah. That was weird. George had also, George had also shaved a pencil thin John Waters style mustache <laughs> before the show. Oh, I don't remember this. <laughs> Just to make the entire thing even more peculiar. Let's go. Yeah. I should bring that back. You should, you should. bring that back. Pencil yeah. thin? Ooh. Ooh. You know, I think there's just a, I think there's just a lot of 
I think there's there's probably been a ton of really dangerous yeah. things that have been around us the entire time, and just kind of uh, just kind of get on get along get on with it. Yeah, we're like you know. The bullets are flying past us. We're just like the matrixing through them. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, I don't know. There's been, yeah, Yeah. lots of sketchy moments in the United States. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, no, it's been, it's all been quite nice. We always got beat up in Edmonton by the security staff one time. That was good. In Edmonton, that was cool. Alberta. (laughs) In Edmonton, Alberta, there's a club called. it was called Ed's or the Reds. Reds. I think it changed his name to Reds. It was they were saving money on changing the sign. <laughs> Get it was Ed's, and then they just stuck an R in front of it. And the new owners, um, but the security were just being really particularly violent with all the crowd. And and the crowd is. I mean, we're very young. Like hmm. we started touring when we were like seventeen. So at this point, we're maybe what nineteen. So there's a ton of people at the show that are sixteen. Yeah, and their security guards are adult men yeah. on steroids. Yeah, and they arm were barring children. Yeah, so we had words with them, and then after the show, Dallas encountered a kid that was getting um, particularly roughed up by security, and he tried to interject. They threw Dallas into a, a, a headlock, and then another guy started like working his arm and all this <laughs> stuff, and like, and then. Um, uh, Tim McElrath from Rise Against came over and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? That's the lead singer of the fucking band that just played here. And then they put Tim in a fucking arm bar. It was all like fucking pressure point jujitsu <laughs> shit. And so word gets back to us. The whole crew comes rolling out and it's just fucking, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill you. You You know, just George, George came out and tried to deescalate the situation (laughs) by by telling the security guards, it's not his fault. That they're too stupid to <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that'll no be, reason, if I know security yeah. guards, they're really good at stuff like that. Take that, yeah. But it was like, yeah, and it was it was highly because Dallas was getting kicked off the premises at the time, and we couldn't we didn't know where he was, and our my fear was that he was in an alley getting fucking his jaw broke by a, by a bunch of fucking guys. So we're heated, right? We're like, you present him now or we're fucking, you know, like, and then mall security showed up with batons. Someone threw a fucking beer off the balcony. I remember um, our tour manager at the time, Sean McNabb. That was it. Like the beer hits the security guard. He turns around and just clocks him in the face. (laughs) So yeah, sketchy shit abound touring yeah you're gonna get in some adventures from yeah. time to time yeah that's that's band life in a nutshell well right? you know so everyone <laughs> in the band was ba- the this bar was part of a mall one yeah. of the largest malls in north america and so just a, a lifetime band for all of us from the west edmonton mall well, i got news for you west edmonton mall <laughs> i was there five <laughs> months ago <laughs> I went skating on the rink. Yeah, that's right. A couple years later, Wade and I went and saw Jackass 2 at your movie theater. And then we shot guns at your gun range. We did. We did do that. That's very true. It's a very huge mall. There's an ice rink. There's a gun range. There's a theater. Nice. Do you have to wear disguises or is it just regular? Mustaches? 
No. George, I do remember. I got on Wade's shoulders and we had a, one of those big long trench coats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how you got into Jackass too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it just overlooking Alexis on fire now in 2022 I mean you guys have come such a long way from when you started in those really early tours but I want to kind of get into how you see the band these days I mean obviously there's the whole history of you touring non-stop and then having the hiatus coming back and kind of doing some shows now being back properly as a band with the new album new music just kind of for yourselves how do you kind of see the legacy of the band and what it is today can you can you kind of put that into words of how you see alexis on fire in 2022 i think that i mean like uh, this question is blowing my mind <laughs> the uh i i think we're the best er- this is the best era in a lot of regards creatively absolutely i think we're we're all, uh, we all have uh, more of a, a appreciation for what we're doing. We all have more perspective on what we're doing. Um, and I think we're really firing on a lot of cylinders that we weren't before, maybe. And maybe it was just that we were in the, you know, the cloud of, you know, youthful craziness of, you know, eight months out of the year touring, play, 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 concert, concert, concert. Let's hammer our bodies with alcohol and, 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 and late nights and whatever. But um, nowadays it just feels like um, the shows are more visceral. They're... The, the, the performing and the writing of music is we're more in tune with one another. And, um, and I'd say that, we, uh, you know, like uh, Wade looks the best that he's ever looked as well. It's just like, uh, and I, I think that I'm looking okay as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think we're still growing as a band. Yeah. And uh, and we all feel really good about that. I think our we we want to we want to be better. We want to be able to put on better shows. We want to be able to 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 do things we we couldn't do before live. And and similarly in the in the songs that we make and and uh, and the way the album sound and and everything. I don't know the the. The things that are the most important to me about music and the bands I care about is is evolution, and uh, and and yeah, I, I think uh, and and we're continuing to evolve. And if we weren't, we wouldn't be here right now. And uh, and so everyone is really is really grateful that we made the record we made that we were able to. Um, we're really grateful the shows are you know some of the biggest shows we've ever played and and that people there are singing along to the new songs as as, as louder louder even than than some of the old songs and and so uh it really doesn't feel it it, it all feels like we're doing it for the right reasons and uh and that's i think making us a better band and I think that's making us closer as friends, and uh, and like I think we've also you know just grown as as people, like uh, you know emotionally, and are, are able to find a better way to 
yeah, not just interact with each other as musicians, but like as as people, as um, as like brothers, and uh, that's making us a better band. Being able to communicate and 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 be like authentic in yourself and not be afraid of putting yourself out there in a certain way of fear of being rejected about creative ideas or or you know just whatever and i think we're really trying to support each other and uh and that's making us a better band and all that stuff when it you know we were feeling all that when we were in the studio and it helped us to play beyond our ability i honestly feel and similarly i think when we're we're playing live like we we go beyond ourselves a little bit and it's uh and it's because of it's because of all that other stuff yeah, there's a wave of confidence, I think. I think we were very guarded about, you know, the uh, second everything. you start. Yeah, everything. You start feeling good about yourself or whatever. I think it, I think we found a nice amount of confidence to feel in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're we're riding that, you know, wave. Yeah. It's been very good. And that lends itself to to, you know, like to taking risks too, like creatively. And I think all the things that we we were would have maybe been hesitant to do in the past are i'm are we're pleasantly surprised to find out those those are the things that people are the most thrilled about he likes like straight up sans soleil last night was like the highlight of the set yeah you know it's crazy people not only sang along to it but they they sang like every word to it um and uh you know, would we have even allowed ourselves to... 10 years ago, like I wrote that song on an acoustic guitar. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have probably showed it to the guys. Okay. I would have been yeah. like, this is for me, this is for something else. And they don't, because they don't want to hear it. Or it's like, you know, I don't know why, why bother or whatever. And, um, or maybe if, you know, maybe 15 years ago, I may have showed something like, you know, one of us would have felt weird about like, well, I don't know why should like, should I be singing like something that's emotional for you? Like, that's not yeah. my own experience. And, uh, and it was, it was none of that. It was, you know, like, how do we, how do we all make this the best version of this, these ideas and how do we all contribute to this? And, and, uh, and yeah, this sounds more like a Sade song, than an Alexa on Fire song, but <laughs> we fucking love Sade. Hmm. So, like, let's just fucking it go for it. <laughs> yeah, it can be both. And instead, like, let's not let's not shy away from it. Let's lean into it. And the leaning into it is, I think, the thing that people have appreciated the most. Whereas we may have not allowed ourselves to try hmm. at a certain point of our career. And so that's, I could think, the hugest difference. What? That's one of the things I wanted to ask about was, has the writing of the music changed dramatically since those first days? Or is it now you're just all more open to bring in ideas and... Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that the writing has changed that dramatically. It's still very much, if anything, that's the thing. Jam has always been kind of the same. We all go in the room, you know, like try and make the tonic that whatever makes Alexis on fire, the five of us in a room trying to figure things out with one another. So that's all been kind of similar. I think where things have changed was in the studio and then probably just mindsets, what we were willing to let ourselves be influenced by or allow certain influences into the scope of Alexis on fire. That's not 
that's I think that to me that was the biggest change with this record to ones in the past I think there are things we would have shied away from and or not used like for example like yeah reverse the curse is a good example of that we had we had a a song a version of that was going to be young cardinals and wow we actually played a version that was the riff from that song uh, before Old Crow's Young Cardinals had come out and we shelved it. We scrapped it. We were like, no, this is, we're treading into a world that we don't belong or whatever. We didn't feel like we, we did the confidence to, to, um, uh, yeah, to do that sort of thing. And now it's just like the second that comes, the second we kind of allow ourselves more and more leash with regards to different influences and working those into the band, the more we realize that um, that's what that's what we need. That's what we need to do. It's not. It's not. It's not whether or not it's appropriate. It's. It's just like that's. You need to be pushing yourself into new directions. Because I. I don't know, man. Like I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect other bands or whatever. But there's lots of bands that are coming back or doing. You know uh, these these kind of. Uh, there's a there's a lot of money to be made in in nostalgia right now. And 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 I don't I don't. Um. I don't really like have a problem with bands doing that that being said if we were just coming back to make a another version of a record that someone has already heard i i, I don't feel like i really need to do that i'd rather do, i'd like rather do something work. new yeah how could you how could you recreate the the way you felt when you were 22 you know with what you know now and what the way you view music like you you can't and people how you know like music can be this incredibly transportive thing for people so you know that's why people are you know very excited about when they think about those old records and you know they associate bands with them they're forever trapped in time like at that moment when you you found this band and you hear it and it makes you think about all these things right but you know there's no going back like we certainly want to celebrate the past of what we've done like i very proud of what we've accomplished but um yeah i don't think you can like you can't go back it can't be done again you know and i think you know that's like that's like even the problem for some bands like i mean they're up against their own they're up against their own legacy right and you can't that almost becomes like a conceptual thing you know how do you overcome your own legacy right like how are you supposed to if you have these big songs everyone wants to hear this sort of thing and then you put out something new like it's it's it it doesn't matter what it is yeah even if the new thing is absolutely fucking exceptional you know like if you're if you're too much up against your own legacy like yeah Yeah. you're gonna lose because it's not what people view it as isn't what it was Mm. you know when Refuse broke up, they were doing the worst American tour of their lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were quite happy to break up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, they, they, you know, I mean, they've, they became the most important thing for a, a generation of musicians. Um, and uh, I'm certainly, I'm not trying to, like, conflate them with nostalgia or anything like that, but that's just an incredible version of, like, you know reviews can't beat themselves like it's just too what that record became to represent you know what i mean it's just like 
Well, did it's you, fucking iconic. Did you guys have a worry about that coming back? Because I was going to bring up, you mentioned a really good point about really nostalgia and legacy bands being such a big thing nowadays. And you've seen bands come back with being on hiatus or who have broken up and they're just playing all the hits and they're just doing a few shows and they come back and they play festivals and whatnot. When you guys were starting this up again, was it a big admit for you guys that no we have to if we're going to come back we're going to write music and we, we, we need to say something different or was it, uh, it or just work out the way it yeah happened? I don't think we were ever that cool so it wasn't that big a deal for us we <laughs> yeah, just came yeah. back started playing again uh, yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we did a couple of years there where we we did the we did the hits yeah and we then we released those three songs and then it felt like we were capable of still contributing but we didn't really know how we or what it was going to look like but um, uh, I don't think that Alexis on Fire has ever been all that forward thinking. I think we are a small goal oriented band. We don't, it's not like, well, let's make, let's make a record and, and how is this going to be in the, you know, represented next to the legacy of the band. We just started writing songs. We sat in a room, you know, we gave ourselves that creative leash that I was talking about earlier. And then, we just created a record. We were probably eight songs deep before we even knew we had a record, before we even knew it was a record. So we've written these songs and then we're like, okay, this is probably a record. So let's do that. We're like, you know, but at the time we're thinking, you know, do people even buy records anymore? Are people like singles? Are we doing the fucking EP? Is it a, what is it? Are all these songs good enough? Whatever. So, but, so we're just wrestling with those ideas. I think the second if we I think if we'd started off with a chalkboard and worked through what we you know like the the five year plan of Alexis on fire it probably would have fallen flat I think we just needed to organically hang out with one another and figure out how to be musicians yeah and the pandemic really kind of facilitated that allowed us to have band practice like we used to no one was rushing off to anything because there wasn't anything to rush off to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, life slowing down because of COVID, like, yeah, allowed us to, to jam and then not like rush off to our various respective jobs and obligations. We, we jammed and then we ordered pizza <laughs> and then we watched Escape from New York nice. and then we did it again next week. <laughs> yeah. You know? Class. Yeah. Was yeah. it, was it one of the new songs? that kicked you into writing more or was there were you just like doing as you say doing the hits and then they just kind of appeared or did somebody turn up and be like, oh i've got of, this idea i think one of the the i you know wanted to write more new songs because i didn't want this to feel like some sort of victory lap um and i just kind of felt like if we're doing it like we owe it to people to do it um, but that being said, I, I don't think I had any concept of what an Alexis record would be like, how I would even go about writing one. I just, you know, finished recording like another record and was like, Hey guys, I'm back around Toronto. Like if you want to jam, that'd be fun. And we did. And then that it happened. We, you know, we all had some ideas and it just started happening. And, uh, I'm not sure if there was a particular track. I mean, there were there were a few different tracks, I think, that kind of presented themselves at different times that we knew that we were doing something interesting or, or different. And it wasn't until I think we got into the studio that a lot of them really showed themselves, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mostly remember just listening to uh, um, 
Sabbath, heaven and hell a lot in that time. And, uh, and, um, liking how the bridge changes to this like shuffle beat mm. that picks up. And, uh, every time we wrote a song, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> time I want to do this. It's time for the shuffle chorus. And people would be like, no. <laughs> and then finally, Reverse the curse. Yeah. yeah. No. No, Dark Knight of the Soul. Dark Knight of the Soul. Yeah. We started shuffling. And yes, I was we like, did. And I was like, we got a record on our hands. <laughs> You know what? And I remember I was a stick in the mud. Yeah. I remember being very uncomfortable. And then it all came together. And I could kind of like once it kind of became the vision of it, I was like, it's, yeah, it's one of, the, one of the standout moments on the record. It's so bizarre and very, very fun. That weird bridge and Dark Knight. It's I, I love it. It's that's that's a, a perfect example of one of the many things on that new record. That's just like something that we would never have had the courage to do ten years ago. Just listening to you guys talk, it does seem that there's a lot of pressure off of everything, and you're just kind of out of your own heads about about this reading. We're very lucky in terms of writing music that we've never felt any pressure. We just it is just the five of us writing in a room. I've never felt it. Never felt like, uh, how do we do it? Or it's the sophomore slump. Or, you know, just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I, I, it's just like, we're just, I don't know, yeah. we're just writing music. Nice. I'm, I'm very thankful that that's the case. But yeah, we're really not in our heads about it. And, you know, we're like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, the band is the five of us doing our thing. That's what it is, too. It's, it's everyone doing the thing that feels comfortable. And music. We've all been involved in a lot of other, you know, musical projects where maybe you're going after something a little bit more specific, and that's that's fucking cool. But this just seems like the natural thing for all of us, and that's when we're all just instinctively doing what we think we should be doing instead of trying to do something. That's Alexis on fire. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing I wanted to bring up because it seems like the five of you are very different individuals, but it just works when you're all together. You've all done different projects. You've all done different sounding bands and just worked on other things. But it just seems that like wherever other things you're into, it just kind of works when you come together. I don't think we're that different, really. Like, I think we, you know, some of us dress differently. No, I think that I think there is a there is a chemistry that goes on backstage that when it's clicking, it's really clicking. And I think that there is there is a fraternal sort of thing going on with all George and I do interviews together <laughs> because um I'm going to preface this by saying I'm enjoying this interview. This is a good interview. You guys are good at doing interviews. But George and I always do interviews together because we like hanging out and we make each other laugh. So even if the interview is absolute <laughs> fucking <laughs> horseshit, yeah. George and I have a good time making fun of each other. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. yeah. yeah. You can just tell. Like, a yeah. second starts off, it's not going so well. I'm like, all right, it's coming off the rails. You George, and, George and I are just doing a stand-up comedy routine yeah. together. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Has either of you made up rumors about the other in, in the other oh, interviews? Oh, man. We did the... We did the um, <laughs> <laughs> the warp tour was just like a really tough time and uh there would always be like press but it'd be like you know fucking you know 
punkrockmatchbox.org <laughs> is showed up today. It's like someone's like high school projects showed up to ask you yeah. questions. And after doing like five interviews of people who had with who really had no idea who we were, they just signed up for whatever. Wade and I sat down with this poor young lady and we just lied to her the whole time. <laughs> just all about, you know, like Alexis was my sister, died in a, died in a motorcycle crash. Well, she died. Oh, yeah. when I was dating her. When Wade was dating her. And, but we when we were together, a, George and I didn't get along. Oh. Her death really brought us together. And then we found out we both played music. And then we, we just like, it was, you could see each one of us would, each one of us would just take the microphone and then try and make oh, the other one crack. Yeah. You know, and just yeah. be like, like, well, you know, I mean, like, we both met at the same similar Scientologist uh, <laughs> uh, compound. The, you know, his parents were both members who were high levels, high level Scientologists. And they were, you know, like, just trying to sell it. I remember mm-hmm. one and, thing you said to me. It's like, I mean, this probably happened 15 years ago. But uh, George was like, <laughs> we both met in the underground BMX scene of Halifax, Nova Scotia. You know, it's hard to get uh, parts out there. So we were uh, training a lot of parts and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. 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 A lot of bike frames. You know, you got to get the sealed bearings for your crank, you know. Wade was the guy. He was the the hookup for the sealed bearings. Yeah, it's crazy when you're riding your bike down by the wharf, right? Because they got those rats down there. Huge. I just, I just love the idea. Somewhere on the internet, there's like a headline of just Alexis on fire. Love BMX. Yeah, somebody's like, literally like, fuck. Yeah, I interviewed him. Yeah, they, that's what they fucking met. Honestly, they, they told me personally, and they're like, no, I'm sure that's not what they met. No, they told me. They must, it must be true. Yeah, it's fucking true. wild. But yeah, do you remember after the hiatus? Do you remember what the first rehearsal was like and how that was? Was there any awkwardness, or was it just all? fantastic to see everybody again and i think we balked on it for a bit there were a few we had a few opportunities i think dal reached that was the first well I, I think that it was it would take dallas to reach out to bring it back together and he he reached out he was playing riot fest in in toronto and he was like hey what about this so city and color plays we go off for our encore alexis on fire comes back and um and uh at this point, steel was in at the southernmost tip of South America. <laughs> we would have had to get like hire a helicopter to extract him from wherever he was. Jeez, throw a lot of them. And there was just like a lot of like this, and also like I think at the time it felt soon to me. It probably felt, and also felt like we had broken up nicely. So coming back, it's like you know the scene in. Uh, Let's see in Talladega Nights where they say the guy dies and then he like they're all like being sad then he pokes his head around the corner (laughs) and it's like them like that's that's what it kind of felt like so I didn't so we didn't so we we said no you know like let's leave steel in the jungle and we'll think about this on a later date and then but maybe that's what allowed the discussion to start yeah you know that kind of started us off and then and then it was a lot of kind of like not rushing into it not like okay we're back how are we going to do that no it's just like okay we'll entertain some offers we'll play some festivals let's see what happens um and then there was like a lot of and then there was it was quiet for a lot of a long time too like there wasn't like we were back but we kind of weren't and then and then we had songs 
and I don't even, I can, you know, like we had, we did those three songs just to see, that was us just dipping our toe in to see if we were still capable of doing something like that. And, and I think we were, we were, you know, and that gave us enough of confidence to get to the next step, which was, you know, eventually touring and making record. So, yeah. yeah. Nice, lovely. Well, as we start to wind down on the conversation a little bit, um, obviously Wade's being on the podcast before, and we've talked about many of (laughs) your other projects and stuff. But um, George, I wanted to ask, because I read something online that in the downtime when Alexis was on hiatus, you trained to be a professional firefighter? That is true. Wow. Can you tell us about that? Like, how how intense is that whole... Um, Oh, what's our death? Fun to ban. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah, you've um, never whipped your top off mid fire, have you? No, no. Um. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I had, the band was done. I'm staring down the barrel of like, okay, what do I do now? Uh, I, I had a few friends that had, uh, that knew firefighters. I, um, I went to lunch with a few people. They gave me like the list of things to do. I spent the next three years um, volunteering with, uh, Victorian Order of Nurses and St. John Ambulance. I uh, went and got all my technical rescue certifications. I went to fire school, uh, lived in Alberta for three months, got my certifications for that, came back and then applied for jobs, did non-emergent patient transfer for a year and a half. And then I got hired by the city of Oshawa and that was seven years ago. And I'm still doing it now. In fact, in fact, uh, so to do this, I, I'm on a, a fairly lenient um, shift schedule. I work something called the 24 hour shift. And, and it means that if I take vacation, it can give me a, a decent amount of time off. And I've been just using my vacation and loo days and coming out and playing concerts, but I come back and 
I I work I work in the fire service. That's what I do. Yeah. That's my full time. That's class. You know. Yeah. And it's uh, and it's similar. It's like I I really you live close quarters with people, and you got to get along with them, and and you you find the charisma in the in the group, and then you got to carry out some you know some tasks in high intensity situations. Like it, it really is. It's very very similar. So yeah. Who's the Wade of the Oshawa Fire Service? <laughs> His name is well, Greg Patterson and he's working he's he's a beauty. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you used to, yeah, you used to see my you would see my sister before she got set a light two years ago. Um, They've got he's got a yeah, they call him, they call him sweaty Greg and he's like <laughs> sweaty, Greg. Yeah, he's sweaty Greg. Greg is the weight of the fire service. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect yeah. answer. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Have you ever had any have you ever gone to a fire and somebody's been like Wait a second. Are you, um... I had a captain that I, I remember uh, there was a fire at a house where I was like, guy had a bunch of instruments in the house and we were carrying them out of the house. And, uh, and my captain at the time, uh, who's actually passed on Warren Lesser, rest in peace, man. He was one of the greatest captains I ever had. He, um, he's standing there with this guy with his guitars. He's like, Hey, you like music, huh? You ever heard of Alexis on fire? And I'm just sitting there like, I'm just like shrinking in the corner. And he's just like, yeah, actually, my band is named after one of their songs. I forgot what the name was. They were the band. But like, they were like totally like, and he, he was just like, that's him. That's, that's Alexis on fire right there. That's all of yeah. them. So they get a charge out of that. No, but most of the, yeah. <laughs> That's What's funny is it's like, a, it's a point of chirping. It's great. Like I come back in after, after being on the road, I'll come from, you know, doing some giant show and I show up at the hall and they'll be like, all right, rock star, you go <laughs> yeah, fucking, go clean the fucking toilets, <laughs> yeah. you clown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Well, with all that as well, obviously you guys are going to be very busy the next few months just continuing to tour and all that. But what else is like on the calendar? What can people expect from Alexis coming up? The future is very unwritten right now. We're just, we don't have anything on the books as far as touring goes. We're, we, we have a few things that we're working on. Nothing that I can really, that I think we could even, I don't know. No, I don't know. Probably Australia. <laughs> another cross Canada run. Maybe we write some more. We have nothing. Nothing. There's nothing to really report. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, wish a there band was. Of, yeah. A band of small goals. Yeah. yeah. We just fly by the seat of our pants. The second we start chalkboarding this shit, it's all going to come off the rails. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, cool. I've absolutely loved this. Thanks, yeah, thank guys, you so much thank for you. taking the time. Really excited for the show tonight, and hopefully, we can speak to you again very soon. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely. Cheers, boys. Thank you. You listen to Yes! Absolute scene and musical fucking legends. I absolutely fucking love this chat. I loved getting to hang out with the boys, spend time with them, watch them. They were just fucking great. Absolute heroes of mine. Thank you very much, uh, Wade and George. Yeah, I've never been to that venue before, um, but we instantly got escorted to our own dressing room. 
Yeah, <laughs> which I always find mad. somebody else's gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I always find mad when bands do this for us. And I love it. Absolutely love it. So thanks again. This meant a whole lot to do. Great fun. And just a shout out to Alexis's whole crew uh, for the room and looking after us. Uh, TM Justin, uh, Kirsten and my girlfriend Lucy, who took a lot of photos of this conversation that you'll be able to see on our social media pages over the Whee. week. At Sapnin Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Sapnin Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, Alexis on Fire's new album, Otherness, is available now. Hopefully, they'll be doing a lot more stuff this side of the pond soon, next summer. Who knows? Um, But just really glad that we could do this with Wade and George and have a good bloody laugh. Yes. Yeah, it was great. It was absolutely fucking great. And yeah, hearing this fighting stories and the rumors about each other's stories were quite funny because that's happened to me and my old band. And um, yeah, one question I wanted to ask, which I'm guessing Dallas has probably been asked a million times, is how come his <laughs> record with Pink, the singer Pink, wasn't called Colour and Colour? That's it, really. That's all I want to know. So um, if anybody's seen him answer that already, please link us. Send your links to at Pod on Twitter, Instagram. We've also got a TikTok, Morg, which we had the greatest... The greatest ever um, <laughs> downfall of a TikTok of all time. So, yeah, check out. I tell you what's funny. You go and check out. Check out a TikTok. TikTok.com forward slash Sapling Pod. Uh, the first videos had 2.2 million views. The latest ones had 400. So, you know, <laughs> I started well and it's bombed. Um, uh, but yeah, it's give techno- that a follow. Technology of today, really, in it. But speaking of Dallas Green, we would like him on the podcast eventually. Oh, I know like a lot a, of people keep requesting just a sing him. to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, hopefully, it, it, can, it can happen. Uh, in the future, it was, it did almost happen, uh, this past summer, but for some reason it didn't. And I don't know what that, what it was about. And we were confused. Oh, yeah. Wade, Wade was confused as well. Yeah. At Slam Dunk, um, Wade come on to me and said, uh, <laughs> I won't, I won't do the accent. Um, <laughs> just pretend, he, just pretend he's from South Wales, right? All right, but fucking, we were meant to have a, do a podcast with you today. And now it's been, um, it's, it's been ticked off. Um, you haven't been cancelled, have you? I was like, not in the last 10 minutes, but I, I don't think. But also, I, I haven't got signal on my phone, so I can't tell. <laughs> um, but it turns out I hadn't been cancelled, so um, that was good news. But yes, thanks again to them for having us and putting up with us and um, treating us like we were a band. Because, yeah, they gave us waters. It was lovely. It was a great time. It was a great yeah. time. Yeah, it was a really, really nice day. Uh, also, this past week was Halloween. Um, was it? We po- it was. We posted a photo on our social media of one of those memes the kids are doing these days of, you know, you find an outfit to dress up as and all the bad things about the outfit. So we did one about us. But in the biggest plot twist, at one of your gigs, Sean, someone actually turned up dressed as you for Halloween. Yes, I played at a Halloween show with my band Raiders in Manchester for Deadbolt. Long-time Blackout fan Abby Kappelman turned up dressed exactly like me. So I was outside. I was talking to somebody outside. Then I saw her come around the corner and I was like, oh, I've got that T-shirt on. And then I looked up and I was like, oh, I've got that exact haircut on. (laughs) And then I saw the Zimmer frame and I went, the bastards come as me. (laughs) But it was genius. It was my favorite. um, It's bound to be my favorite Halloween costume. I've got a massive ego. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that was that was fucking that cheered me up no end of that gig because um, we were doing a gig with six bands and it ran over by an hour because oh. you don't need six bands. 
<laughs> it was it was funny to see though. So fair play, all the credit for that. I dressed as a dead priest. Um, I did see, yeah. So that was the thing. Uh, and you, what, look like what half, I, you look like half of Wes Bolan. <laughs> what what I found was interesting though is it, it kind of suited me. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, no, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say what I was going to say. Um, um, yeah, it was nice. Um, I, yeah, after the gig in Manchester, I got a DJ and that was cool. And then I got a DJ with Ian and Sean from Creeper, and it was lovely to uh, get a chat to them for a bit. And what a fucking tune selection by them! When I think Creeper, I thought they were going to be playing like The Cure all night or The Smiths, not. Pendulum Prodigy and Darude Sandstorm, which literally <laughs> took the fucking roof off the place. I was raving, and I'm raving for a while. So thank you very much to Ian and Sean from Creeper for that. Thank you very much to Liam and Becky for Deadball for having us. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, well, speaking of good times and raving and unexpected madness, go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com. What? What's <laughs> happening? We need new ways to advertise it, Sean. It's been 206 fucking, fucking weeks of telling people about it, so I'm just trying to make it more jazzy. Patreon.com forward slash happening helps us continue this podcast each and Please. every week. Keep signing up to it. There's loads of extra things on there that you can check out by your t- you know, to waste your time with. And then there's loads of people who will be your new best friends. You can meet up with, go to gigs with, talk to on the regular, have a great laugh. Go and do it. Patreon.com forward slash Sapman. Yes. I have to give a massive shout out to a lot of the Patreons who came over the weekend to see Raiders play. Um, we supported the Nightmares in the pub in Newport um, for the, re- the release of their single um, As Above, which is awesome. Please go check out the Nightmares. They were fantastic. Um, a bunch of the Patreons came to that. I am very, very grateful. Thank you very much. And then, um, yeah, a couple of Patreons came to the Manchester show as well. So, unbelievable. I never thought this would happen when we started this thing, but we've made an absolute community of legends and beautiful humans. In that same breath, I am now going to thank a bunch of those Patreons. If you check out the description of this episode, Morgan has written out a million trillion names on there. We are very, very grateful for, but right now I need to thank the top tiers who are. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoway, Paul Hirschfield, Tony still top of the league, Michael, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Irwin, Natasha Morris, Mitch Perry, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnova, Scott Jones, Jenny Robertson, Murray Grimwood, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Tom Owen, Stephen Aston. M. Evans Roberts, Caroline Robinson, Kate Patak, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Craig officially announcing Mini Me due mid April next year, Aris. I hope that's on another one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, you can knock him out, mind. Thank you very much, Kelly Cannon, Jenny Munster, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Jason Aredia, Gary White, Kalila Keen, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, frontman of the Nightmares, fantastic band. Ollie, something similar to the other dumb shit I put your Ames- Amesbury. Makes sense. Josh, someone's just called my phone, sneezed and then hung up. I'm getting sick and tired of these cold colds, Crisp. He hasn't changed it since last week. Lazy. Lazy, that is Josh. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Kat Robinson, Reese Bowling, Kate Stevenson, Connor Lewins, Kyle making t-shirts, making songs and fighting around the world, David Smith. I hope you're not fighting around the world. But thank you very much to all of those people. Anyone who's ever been part of our Patreon, if you're thinking about joining, come on, man. Get involved, will you? Yes, please. Perfect <laughs> gift for someone else this holiday season. Let's just say that. But 
What oh, a wicked special speed. enemy. If you if you call somebody who hates me or Morgan, right? And that's it's yeah. probably yeah. thousands more of them than our listeners. Oh yeah. Get them. Get them a fucking subscribe to the Patreon on behalf of them. They fucking hate it. Oh. They would. They would. But it's been a great week. I've enjoyed this very, very much. Uh wonderful getting to spend time with Alexis. And I'm excited for a lot of things coming in the near future. Next me week's too. podcast, episode Ooh. 207, is going to be another exclusive, exclusive news that might get you excited, might get you angry. I don't know. <laughs> you have one, to come back and check out uh, with new episodes dropping every Friday each and every week. Yes, next week's episodes. Uh, very, very exciting for me. It might not be for you, but we'll find <laughs> out anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we literally need to leave soon to travel somewhere to record it. So, yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, I just realised we haven't recorded it yet. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, we're doing this now. What if we don't get it? What if they don't turn up? Oh, don't put that evil on us now. Sapnin! <laughs> Sapnin! They better fucking turn up. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>